verse 9 and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I, because I bore him in pain, I'm sorry, his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon God, the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border or my territory, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Shelep, the brother of Jehula, Shehuha, fathered Mehir, who fathered Eston. Eston fathered Bethrapha, Pesia, and Tehina, the father of Irnasha, Ir, no, sorry, Ir Nahash. These were the men of, of Rekah, the sons of Kenas. And so it goes on and on and on for many more chapters because this little prayer, as you know, just happened to be mentioned in a long, long list of all the, the whole genealogy of the 12 tribes of, of uh, Jacob. And suddenly there's this prayer. So I'm just summarizing once, once more. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, by the way, for the guys who were not here during some of the previous sermons, um, Jabez's name means pain. Okay? Pain. That's what his mother blessed him with. Pain. Oh, that you would bless me. When we see God's blessing, we want for ourselves nothing more or less than what God wants for us. I'm just summarizing our sermon behind, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Your territory, my territory refers to everything or anyone that we call mine. Those things and people that we sort of have control over, that we call, these, these are mine. I will fight for them. I will give everything for them because they're mine. Even my dreams and my plans are part of my territory. So when you ask for your territory to be enlarged, you literally set everything, everyone you call mine, aside for God's purpose. So it becomes kingdom territory, large enough for, your, for our Heavenly Father's name to be honored there. You can't honor His name in a small little corner. Now His name needs to be honored in space, kingdom space. And the boundaries of the kingdom is further than the boundaries of the universe. Large enough for our Father's name to be honored there and for His will to be done there. It means that your territory changed ownership. The things you call mine, the people you call mine change ownership. It belongs, they belong to God now, not to me anymore. I cannot protect them. 
Only God can. Suddenly, you are not the boss anymore. It's under new management. My territory. And I become the manager, the steward, the representative of our Father in heaven. Oh, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Oh, that you would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. That's his main problem. That you will keep me from harm, from pain. Now, the original Hebrew word can be translated with evil, or with distress, or with harm. And it was the choice of the translators of many different Bible translations to choose which of these words they used there. But from Jesus' point of view, it is not about harm, or distress, or evil, or evil deeds, or the stuff that we don't like, or the stuff that gives us pain, or that is irritating or frustrating. It is about that caused by Satan, the evil one. Even, as I mentioned some time ago, even the, our father prayer was translated in many, many translations with the word, um, deliver us not from, the evil, from evil. While the original text actually says, you deliver us from the evil one. From the evil one. The things, the harm, the pain that gets done and caused and facilitated and triggered by Satan himself. Now look at this picture. They told the story behind this whole arrangement. So what is wrong here? Is there something wrong? Maybe the bottle brandy over there. Is that a bottle brandy? Or whiskey? Or something? What is it? It is what you see. It is what your heart tells you you see there. What do you see there? Gold? Frankincense, frankincense and myrrh. So what, what is wrong with this picture? The candles are not burning. Is that right, this? Which broom? This one. What is wrong with this? Pardon? Excuse me? Too red. Yeah. What is, you know, we have this, this broomstick symbol, you know. My mother-in-law, she comes on a broomstick, she, you know, or a witch on a broomstick. But that reminds me of Satan's presence. And that, don't think Satan is not present in our church at this very moment. Don't think 
that he wasn't present while we put this, ar this arrangement together. Don't think that he will not be present a year from now and a, a decade from now. He's been here when I got here. There's, there's more about this broom. It takes your, it's ta it takes your eye off the, off the, off the ball. You, you, you sort of, it irritates you so much that you can't concentrate on the real, on the real message because you just see the broomstick. Right, Des? Right, Ianthi? She actually came in and she took the broomstick away. <laughs> and I had to come and put it back. So it's irritating, isn't it? But I want you to understand that this prayer of Jabez and the prayer of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer, um, the one explains the other one. We have to come from, from the Lord's Prayer to, uh, to, to understand what Jabez actually means with his prayer and why God granted him his prayer. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. And Mansfield? Mansfield? The evil one has been giving us a hard time for many, 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 many years. And by the way, I can go to the churches next door, larger and smaller. And this will be true for them as well. Why? Because Satan is alive. You know, we always refer to the fall, and then we say the fall is, is that moment when, when Eve listened to Satan. That was not actually the, the, the start of the fall. The fall was one when the, 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 one of the archangels of God, created by God, rebelled, about, rebelled against God, and he was sent out of heaven, even before Adam and Eve were sent out of the Garden of Eden. And God knew he is going to upset my whole creation. The struggle between good and evil has been on since day one. A kingdom of the light, kingdom of darkness. But Jesus came. He was the victor. He came in the form of a baby, like you and I, to stand in our shoes, so to speak. To wear our little baby socks, so to speak. He took on our iniquities, our sin. All right, so it was so seriously important that we would learn to pray deliver us from the evil one. Not just from bad stuff or nasty stuff or uncomfortable stuff, but from the evil one that is out, is aimed at the hearts of God's people. <clears throat> so, when Jabez 
and when Jesus prays that we will be protected from the evil one, the prayer is about protect us in a supernatural way against a supernatural power. Not in a way that we can organize or manage or plan from our human, in, in, within our human abilities. Something that is supernatural. There's only one supernatural being, and that is God Himself. And we need His supernatural protection when we move into the kind of territory where Satan has a say. He had a say even in the Garden of Eden. God allowed him that say. God allowed him even a say in Job's life. This is not heaven. This is planet earth. It was never planned to be planet heaven, heaven on earth. Keep me from harm. The harm caused by Satan himself. We tend to say, God, where were you? When I went through hard times, when I went through painful times, when I went through grieving time, where were you? Why did you allow all of this? We often maybe never ask Lord protect me from the evil one because he should always be associated with the pain and the suffering that we experience on planet earth always show me where God planned the suffering of mankind of, of his children of his people anywhere in the Bible but I will show you how Satan was always in, involved when it did happen and the thing that, that sort of connects evil or light and darkness, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, what sort of connects them somehow? Or that bridges the gap between them? I'm not, no, I don't exactly know how to put this. It's, it's obedience and disobedience. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And they obeyed Satan. It's not that we can get away with, well, I tried or this or that. This is the one thing that we can do. We can obey or disobey. We can have long discussions about whether man has got a free choice or not. And that's just a discussion. I don't know where we want to go with that kind of discussion, that we have a free choice. It's besides the point. We have to obey or disobey. End of the story. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And since then, they had to fight off evil. How does Satan... What are the tools that Satan use? You know they... Yeah. He uses 
two main um, tools. The one is deception. The other one is temp- temptation. Now, deception and temptation work um, alongside each other always. Deception is when he works with your mind, when he bends the truth to almost being the truth, but just a little bit. And that's where he gets his innings. He deceives us. For instance, when we said our, we pray that God will, will widen, will broaden our territory so that our, um, our territory will, be, will become kingdom territory. And we think we can, you know, have a little bit of say there. We, we can sort of handle a little bit of that ourselves. And we think, well, yeah, I'm, I'm the manager or I'm the supervisor here or I'm rep- representing God, but, you know, let's plan it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's, this is what, how we want it. And yes, Mansfield, I'm referring also to the, to the uh, calling of a new minister. This is what we want. This is what we need. This is how it should be. This is how long or short we sh- should take or not take to get this person. It's going to be the right person. And we will decide whether it's the right person or not. Therefore, we're going to vote about it. And the majority will be right and the minority will be wrong. No! God has got to say the last word, the first word, and the only word. There's not a good, there's not a good minister for Mansfield. I have not been a good minister for Mansfield for many years. And the guys prior to me also not. And the next guy will not be a good minister. And God can only use broken people. But the one thing that we need, and what God needs for a minister in a congregation that becomes kingdom territory, is a man broken enough so that the light of the Spirit in his heart can show through those brokenness Because God. We need God to do a supernatural thing in Mansfield. The problem that we are struggling with, we we are not man enough to solve that problem, otherwise we would have solved it a long, long time ago. But God used people like Moses and Jacob, a cunning man, a deceiving man, to be the father of the the 12 tribes of Israel, and Moses, a man who even couldn't speak for himself to lead the whole two two million-odd people out of slavery into a desert, and for many, many years in the desert. Crooked people, broken people, they were not good enough, but God used them in a godly way. This is what Mansfield needs. Too young, too old, doesn't matter. Too tired, enough energy, doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter a little bit. But that's exactly where Satan starts deceiving us. You know that story of of this little congregation. 
I think it's the truth, but um, I, I can't give you a sort of a, 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 yeah, a resource that is reliable. But anyway, so there was this little congregation. And with this young minister, and he tried his best, but you know, it just, just went downhill. <laughs> it wouldn't work, whatever he tried. And he ended in session or church council sat together and they decided, let's get an a, a evangelist, uh, a really good one, that can sort of bring a lot of people to our church at least and they know the church and, and, you know, and maybe some of them will stay after he's gone. And so they got this really good um, preacher, evangelist, and he came and he preached beautiful sermons. Boy, and the, the, the church was um, full how do you say, how do we say this stuff stacked with people? Packed with people. Oh yeah, from corner to corner. And people went away after, you know, after sermon, after sermon, and said, what a man, boy, this, this guy can preach. Preach, brother, preach. You know, that kind of guy. And well, the two weeks or so that he was there, was, was gone, and the, it was the, the young um, not too sharp little minister. He was left again, did his best, best sermon, uh, tried his best. And an old lady, there were not many people in church that day anyway. Um, because, you know, they had to rest after all the excitement of the other pastor. Anyway, um, there were not too many people, but this old lady with her head stolen so on, she just left the church and said, what a God. And I think that is kingdom territory. That's what it looks like. And that, that is what ministry looks like. And that is what word ministry looks like. When the man behind the pulpit disappears and when the light of God shines into the hearts of people. And it's good if Mansfield could get a broken minister that is not good enough for the job. But someone who is true to God. Someone who carries the Spirit of God in his heart, the Holy Spirit. Someone that can speak the truth. Even with a heavy tongue. Even with a not so good history. As person, as minister, as, I don't know, Someone who needs Christ as much as everyone else. Yes, we need in divine intervention. And we cannot let this guy be allowed to take our eye off the ball, off our risen Christ. And we call a new minister. He shouldn't be here. I am thinking, can you just take this thing out of here, please? Chuck it in the garbage bin because it's broken anyway. We cannot allow Satan to have his will and his way in our little congregation anymore, ever. He's using us against each other. I don't know what our answer is apart from 
divine miracle. Let's not be deceived by Satan. Let's not be tempted by Satan. I gotta read Paul's answer to the Ephesians when they struggled with similar problems. The whole armor of God. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle with against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in, the heaven, in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the holy armor, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace to go. And in all circumstances, take up the, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts or, or arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words, and I'm... I'm reading this on behalf of Paul and of your new minister and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. It was always the case. It will always be the case. We should always be at prayer because this is war. And we do not fight with swords. We fight with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And Jesus calls himself the Word. The Word. So, you got a new minister. You got a new minister. He was born 2017 years ago. What you need is a witness of that minister. Amen. I